0: Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 139 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Density, your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I know you'd love to have the floor to talk about something that is near and dear to your heart, something that you probably think about uh, every single day of your life now that you're at home.
1: Well, before I do that, didn't we want to thank Ian for being on the show last week? Two weeks in a row?
0: Yeah, Ian, thank you very much for that two-parter. I have had a lot of good feedback. A couple of people have hit me up on social saying that they really enjoyed the entire conversation and I've directed them to uh,
1: you know, Ian's different stories and books and hoping that like they uh they pick that up. Yeah, it's uh, always fun to have a guest on and uh Ian is uh, very similar to us, I would say.
0: I think that's, that's both a good and bad thing, right? Because I think the good thing is that you can have like pretty interesting discourse. The bad thing is, of course, if you're of a similar mindset, then the actual act of debating kind of becomes a little bit di- more difficult.
1: Yeah. Every second sentence is, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, good exactly. point. Yeah.
0: I mean, like overall, like I really, really enjoyed he- having Ian on and, and my quibble is, is very, very minor in comparison, right? So
1: yeah. So thanks again, Ian, for uh, being on the show. A lot of fun.
0: Let's talk new business.
1: All right, Brian, some excitement here. Oh boy. Okay. I had a, uh, I had an aging airport extreme. Do you know what an airport extreme is? Uh,
0: Yes. It's a a, sort of like an extender.
1: No, it's not. It's, it's literally just a router.
0: Oh, it's the router. It's the router.
1: It's Apple's router. I had a fifth generation one. So it dated from 2011, uh, coming on nine years of having the same router and it was still okay. But I saw that Amazon had a pretty good deal on um, the 3-pack of Eero, just the regular Eero, not the Eero Pro. And uh, after many years of wanting to get an Eero and a mesh Wi-Fi system, I finally uh, bought it. Because I figured if this router does go, now's like the worst time for it to go because it's kind of hard to get uh, go to the store and get stuff. And uh, I kind of needed to work from home.
0: I had that same thought because I um, my phone shut off last night. Unexpectedly, though way I have a feeling I know why, and uh, so I was just like, "Oh, this is this is it then. This is it."
1: A new phone. Well, look, Apple's timing is good. New iPhone SE ready for you if you need
0: it. I know I got the email from me uh, my phone provider uh, last week. I think about that, so I'm am heavily thinking about doing that very soon.
1: And you'll have to see what's worth it for you. If there's a contract or if you just buy the phone outright.
0: Yeah, exactly. What the the pros and cons are of it too, right? Um, I'm with a a provider that actually has a tab on there, which is kind of nice. Oh, that's good.
1: And uh, I mean, even though it's a quote unquote cheaper iPhone, it's still 600 Canadian dollars here.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's still an investment, but I think it's a worthwhile investment given all the reviews online I've seen of it.
1: Yeah, it'll be lasting you at least four years. Hopefully at the very least. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh so uh airport routers. Yeah, I uh, the airport router was excellent. Um but Apple doesn't make routers anymore. They gave up that game. And Eero is one that comes highly recommended by many people including our friends Tyler and Alex. Uh they both have Eeros and uh they apart from the fact that Amazon owns them now, which is a bit of a sore spot, it's still a good um router and uh I don't have a giant house either. Like my house is Three floors and it's 750 square feet each floor, so it's not gigantic. But I have a router on each floor now, and uh, the internet's a little bit better everywhere.
0: I'm glad to hear that your children can now stop pestering you, uh, Dad. You're
1: clogging up all of the internet holes. Yes, uh, well, that's actually never been much of a problem. But the coolest thing with Eero, though, is the Eero app. You can see so much information about your network.
0: Do you worry that uh, in that case that Eero and Amazon have that much information on your
1: network too? No, they don't know anything about me. They're they're nice companies.
0: (laughs) I I can't tell if you are trolling me or this is willful ignorance. (laughs) What could Amazon do with my data? Who knows, Angelo?
1: It's your data to protect. I, I like my data. It's good. Uh, You you know what, though? uh, Eero seems relatively trustworthy, I guess. Amazon, not so much. They're kind of still separate entities, but yes, it does probably go to Amazon. But it's better than the Facebook router. (laughs) Not that that exists.
0: At the very least, yes, I agree.
1: Everything would be about Facebook. You have to
0: log in through Facebook for everything. You know, I've recently returned on Facebook, and already I'm sick of it, so... It's the worst, isn't it? It's pretty bad. Like, I've just... Everyone's real bored. Everyone is real bored out there and posting um, 10-day album challenges, doing uh, brackets of like uh, your favorite Blink-182 song, etc, etc. Everyone out there is doing something different. Yeah.
1: Well, some happier stuff, though. You sent me a fun uh, article. I guess it's not fun. but I was about to say, I don't know if I described it. You (laughs) know why I say it's fun is because when I click on it, I see Mario's happy, smiling face there. And that just brings joy to my heart, even though Nintendo's forcing people to take things down.
0: So I linked you to a Polygon article entitled Nintendo Goes After Super Mario 64 PC Port With Copyright Claims. So um, a while back, uh, sort of throughout the last, I'd say like six or seven months, there have been leaks of Nintendo IP coming out and ending up on 4chan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I guess is a great depository for all things uh, Nintendo, but uh, things like uh, Pokemon, uh, beta designs, and then um, some more uh, more in-depth stuff, including a lot of the, the hardware specs and source code and documentation involving a lot of the uh, older um, consoles, including up until the Wii's pretty much been all documented and dumped. Um, so a bunch of people took the uh, Super Mario 64 um, code and then looked at the documentation for the N64 understand how it's working and uh, basically put together a fully playable uh, 4K resolution ultra widescreen screen supported version of Super Mario 64. And of course, Nintendo did not like that. And of course, um, there is a long history of... Um, console emulation right so i think we've talked about this before but you know everywhere from the atari all the way up pretty much to do you remember bleem for the playstation
1: yes uh, it was uh, you could play dreamcast games on the playstation is that correct
0: yeah dreamcast and playstation yeah okay On your PC, and so there's a lot of that going on. So it's a longer history, but now, of course, with the official documentation, and more importantly, the official source code and other related files, people have been able to reverse engineer um, how things work and uh, made uh, emulation more easy. So, of course, Nintendo's kind of angry about that. Well, I don't really
1: disagree with that. It is Nintendo's IP.
0: Well, so depending, yes. Okay, so let's say the game itself, yes. The emulation itself, no, depending okay. on how you reverse engineered it and were able to sort of put new code together, may or may not be legal, as is always the case with console emulation.
1: Well, the way I understand it, the actual emulators are not illegal. But if you play a game on it that you don't technically own, that is illegal.
0: Yes, so correct. That is the, a, a distinction I agree with, yes. And,
1: and look, I'm one to talk. I have a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> with, well, uh, with, yes. uh, with the RetroPie running on it and tons and tons of old uh, NES ROMs. The thing with that, as we know, I'm I'm very much lawful good, right? And the thing with running something like RetroPie, I don't feel that bad about it because most of these games are pretty much impossible to find now.
0: Non first party, right? Because I think Nintendo still maintains different uh, virtual shops, right? And I
1: actually do use those so i have nintendo's uh, nintendo and super nintendo emulator on my switch which i pay for and happily play with those because i will tell you now those are way better than what you get on the retro pie obviously
0: yeah i agree the same thing with that uh, you know i purchased the nes and SNES classics which are just uh, you know emulators too but um, still fit the bill arguably even better than what i have on the switch
1: because you get to play with the original controllers
0: exactly yeah well modified yeah exactly uh i find this a really interesting development uh you know i'm kind of curious to see going forward how Nintendo's going to handle a lot of this because there's a lot out there from what i understand that um
1: hasn't been publicly sort of like dumped yet either it's uh it goes back to the playground story of my uncle works at nintendo in japan
0: (laughs) yeah i mean like it's a decades old story right um, But this time, it's it's way more substantial, unfortunately, slash fortunately. Um, you know, as someone who's out there just watching this from in, who has no um active hand in sort of trying to figure these things out, I find it interesting. But at the same time, like,
1: it's hefty. Yeah. And like we just said, Nintendo has a right to pull um, any sort of IP of theirs off the internet if they deem it necessary. But emulators are kind of cool. They're projects for developers to create these... If you look at it, if you think of it, an emulator is pretty incredible. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, uh, an emulator also allows you to do homebrew games too. Yeah. Um, Game Sack, every once in a while, pulls one out of those. Uh, they did an episode. Well, I say they, but it's just Joe now. And he did an episode recently where there were some um, games that came out of homebrew.
0: Yeah, and I really, really enjoy um, that notion too, as well as like uh, different ROM hacks too that you see, especially um, in the, a lot of the NES and SNS stuff, especially Zelda, Mario, Super Metroid, you see a lot of those these days, like all of those classic Kaiso Mario hacks. Um, uh, a big thing now is like the Zelda randomizers.
1: Yes, we we did a show about that. Or well, we uh, did. Seven.
0: We did, and I'm still I'm still watching those
1: uh, on a fairly consistent basis because I don't know what else to do with myself here. There's something cozy about watching old video games. I I have well, we obviously have nostalgia for them. Just before we started recording today, um, I was talking to my kids about. Uh, it's like a long story here. Like basically, I I made myself an espresso, and I said, "Oh, it smells like the coffee shop in my parents' town in Italy. It's like this tiny little shop." And in the 80s when I was there, and even into the 90s, they had arcade games in the back, and I was telling my kids how I was playing this Rainbow game, and I couldn't remember what it was called, and it's actually the sequel to Bubble Bobble, uh, Rainbow Island. And, oh, yeah, And okay. uh, I showed them what it looks like, and they said, oh, that's actually kind of cute. I thought they'd trash the graphics, but it, it doesn't look that bad, and it's, it's very cutesy, and it's something that they would like. And I think we have it on the RetroPie, but the Nintendo version, not the arcade version I played back then. Did
0: you ever Did you ever mess around with uh, arcade ports? Like, did you ever yes. download MAME back in the day?
1: Well, so I tried actually on the RetroPie, and I couldn't really get them to run. And it's funny, the game I always try to download and play on arcade emulators is the Ghostbusters coin-op game.
0: Oh, which is amazing, and I wish they put it out somewhere.
1: That is actually based on a Japanese game that had nothing to do with Ghostbusters so they just took the uh sort of like a mario 2 situation sort of yeah they took the ghostbusters and shoved them into this crazy uh we are talking about the same game right it's sort of like uh, i want to say like Carry warriors right where you're like going up a yes, screen yeah, and commando yeah. and those types of old games yeah uh, i'd have to look up and see what the name of the game was based on i wish there was a way to do that right now on the fly So I just quickly went to Wikipedia, and it was called the Real Ghostbusters. So the uh, based on the cartoon, remember that that whole Ghostbusters? But yeah, of Real Ghostbusters cartoon. I remember watching the Ghostbusters and wondering why there was a gorilla all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> it's based on a non-Ghostbusters arcade game uh, by Data East called Make You Hunter. I said uh, Make You uh, Sorry, Make You Hunter G. Okay. I tried, I tried so, to say yeah, I, sort I, of like Japanese, but... <laughs> I, I do feel
0: like I'm, we're thinking about the same game, yeah. But we
1: are thinking about the same game. We'll, we'll put a link in the uh, show notes about uh, the game. It was a fun so game. I f-
0: remember playing it. Uh, died uh, well before the end of the first level. A more philosophical question for you, Angelo, as we think about this. Uh, you know, uh, when something... Uh, falls out of a first print run, like, let's say, like, you know, Mario 64, they're not producing cartridges right now. Like, how should the copyright extend on those things, right? Because right now it's 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 a set amount of time, but I'm kind of curious in your mind, you know, uh, with the way in which we are able to retain um, IP a lot more easily than back in the day.
1: Well, Mario 64 is available in, in certain things. I think it's on the DS, but there, and there are rumors that there's going to be this Mario sort of, like, collection coming out for the switch but yeah if you want to play the original you kind of just got to have the the n64 and it's hard right because nintendo still exists mario games still come out i don't think people should be taking the ip and putting it in emulators without nintendo knowing and nintendo's well within their rights to get rid of that and take it down but the emulator the emulator is the emulator. If somebody created it, they're allowed to use it if they want to create other games that work on it, fine. But Nintendo is full within their rights to get rid of it. Right, but I'm
0: also talking about like how much longer should you extend copyright given these these changing um, sorts of ways in which
1: we can retain media? Well, isn't that like a Mickey Mouse rule, right? When Mickey Mouse was about to come out of copyright, Disney went to yeah, court and like extended it by 100 years. Yeah, it's always, you know,
0: uh, I mean, the Sonny Bono Act extended it um, in the early 90s. And then it just,
1: uh, it wasn't the early 90s?
0: Hold on, give me a sec. Uh, Now I'm looking somewhere.
1: Some more music?
0: No, so that that was uh, the Copyright Extension Act of 76. Sorry, I apologize.
1: Okay, so not 90s. But uh, again, that was Disney. And uh, Nintendo isn't exactly as powerful as Disney. But still, Nintendo holds a lot of cards. Uh, No pun intended. uh, They started as a playing card company. When I befriended a group of aliens just three years ago, I was lost. Do you believe in a cool group of down-to-earth aliens who love to hang out, have fun, and have great ideas about what kind of food you can eat? No,
0: that's crazy. Double density. Moving on, uh, this morning, before we started recording, you sent me a series of texts. You've been waffling on a large decision for a while, and then you decided to pull the proverbial trigger and uh, go ahead and update your Mac to Catalina Angelo.
1: This is the longest I've gone without updating uh, a modern Mac. Uh, I remember back in the early 2000s when you actually had to go out and pay for a Mac OS, or back in the day OS 10 upgrade. So my iBook always stayed on OS 10.3, which was Panther. I never updated it to what was called Tiger, so 10.4, because I had to pay an extra 150 bucks and I decided not to. But as of 2008, when I had my iMac, I would upgrade regularly because the upgrades became. I think the first time it it was only thirty bucks, so that was fine. But then since then, right. they've been free, so why not update? But, I mean, also like since
0: then, consistently more or not, they've been very stable. Well, mm, I don't know for about a while. that. Yeah, for
1: a while. So with Mojave last year, I waited a good three months before updating, mostly because of the podcast. Right, I don't uh, these updates for regular people that just use it for. You know, regular work-related things like, let's say, Word or email, there aren't too many issues with updating. But if you're doing audio-related things, audio almost always breaks with macOS updates for some reason. And that was the case with Mojave. And I think there was a slight case with Catalina with that happening. But I figured, you know what, it's, we're like eight months into this version. We're at 10154 and I decided, you know what, let me go for it. My Mac isn't doesn't have a lot of stuff, a lot of weird stuff running, really. So I figured it, it'll probably work. And I was right. There weren't many weird issues. Uh, so far, no Bluetooth problems that people have been reporting. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't send you this recording and it's completely garbled, because that would suck. But it seems well, to be Well, I can fun. hear you well, so I think the good news is there's at least that. Yeah, that's good news. So it's 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 seemingly working fine. Um, one, one of the weird issues I had was when I went to check if my update went through, I still had it showing that I needed to update to Catalina. So there's some weird thing. I had to delete a preference file, which I'm sure most normal people that use their Macs, which are supposed to be know how easy to, to use, exactly. They wouldn't know to go and look at some Mac forums and see uh, how to fix this. And I had to go into the, my library and delete a preference file, which is kind of scary because it asks you for a password. Yeah, of course. Actually, that's one of the cool things and unexpected things with the Catalina because I I kind of forgot about this. Instead of entering your login password whenever you need to do something like that, it just asked me to tap on my watch. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, well, the side button easy. on my watch. I double click it, and I don't have to enter my password, which is kind of neat. But yeah, everything is seemingly fine. For some reason, my uh, Apple ID avatar is not showing when I look at my Apple ID preferences, but. It's, I mean, that's kind of
0: a minor thing. Who cares? I never look considered. at that
1: anyway. So, I'll, I'll. Uh, this is a developing story, folks. I'll keep, I'll keep you posted every day, Brian, with this. <laughs> Please do.
0: Similarly speaking, in terms of Apple stuff, I ordered some AirPods for my wife for her birthday next week. Uh, I will give you a rundown when she uses them after her birthday. And because there are no surprises in quarantine, she is fully aware <sighs> of her birthday gift. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's not nothing much to be hiding there. So.
0: No, exactly. I'm I'm very excited to hear her, her thoughts on that. Uh, finally, in the tech section, Angela, I linked you to an article from ZDNet, <laughs> entitled "For Eight Years, a Hacker Operated a what's,
1: oh, I have pop-ups here." Yeah, they pop up. Yeah. Okay. Let me try that. It's, ZD, it's ZDNet. Of course, they need the ads are crazy. Even I have Euro ad blocking turned on because I get that free for a month, and it's okay. they stuff still comes through. For eight years, a hacker
0: operated a massive Internet of Things botnet just to download anime videos. The botnet consisted solely of D-Link NAS and NVR devices, and the botnet peaked at 10,000 bots in 2015. So what does this mean, Brian? So basically what it means is that people have been abusing uh, vulnerabilities in, uh, you know, uh, the Internet of Things ecosphere, right? So the idea of your, um, and we've talked about this before, like uh, the last um, season of Silicon Valley had a fridge that needed a Wi-Fi connection in order for uh, it to tell you when you are running out of things and when things were on sale and things like that. So basically like there are these giant ecosystems that uh, aren't necessarily like QA'd properly um, and then people uh, reprogram them uh, in the same way that you reprogram a computer for like a DDoS attack or something. but. This time around, the hacker in question, which is reportedly a German man named Stefan, uh, used the Internet of Things to download
1: anime. Fun. Uh, the Internet of Things is notoriously uh, not secure. If you're buying like a cheap camera off Amazon, you know, not necessarily going to be well protected. Uh, unlike, no, exactly. unlike their Eero routers, which are fine.
0: So basically, yeah, this uh, you know uh, takeover of all these uh, different uh, NAS and NVR devices basically acted as a as a button in order for uh, the user to do what they wanted. And uh, oddly enough, of course, yeah, as I was saying before, not a DDoS attack, just just a download downloading some you know some animes. It's
1: fine, fine. No, nothing, nothing, uh,
0: nothing sinister there. No, but I mean, apart from like taking up bandwidth, sure, but yeah,
1: yeah. Especially uh, if it was like your old internet that you had, that would have been crappy.
0: The uh, the botnet named Serials, which is a an innocuous name for for something like this, uh, uh, has sort of declined um, in uh, popularity as well as usage due to the fact that a lot of the firmware and uh, devices being used are slowly being phased out for newer uh, models of this. So I guess that's good news. How do you how do you think Alex Jones would feel about you know the Internet of Things being hijacked? He'd get uh, mad at his neighbor. He'd kill his oh, neighbor. Let's, let's, you know, ponder that and find out, and then maybe, you know, uh, we'll get an answer to that. Great idea, Brian.
1: I mean, where do you think they got the idea for The Matrix from? The federal government, through show companies, co-financed the film so that people can start understanding that our consciousness is going to exist in things like robot bodies. And Angelo, I'm afraid you're going to have to understand that you may accidentally transfer your consciousness into a toaster, a car, or even a rake with Wi-Fi capabilities and data storage. It's only a matter of time, folks.
0: Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So this week, Angelo, uh, we can't escape it, unfortunately, talking about uh, the pandemic, talking mm. about COVID, talking about Sasquatch.
1: Is he on lockdown too?
0: Uh, apparently not, according to a Forbes article. But uh, so a very tongue-in-cheek article, of course, about someone um, dressing up as a Sasquatch uh, in BC um, as part of a uh, hotel. like what, social media blitz, I guess would be the best way of putting it? Well, they have nothing else to do because
1: nobody's going to be staying at their hotel.
0: Yeah, so I guess they're uh, they're keeping it moving. Um, so, yeah, this is in Harrison Springs. Or, sorry, uh, Harrison Lake and then Harrison Hot Springs, of course.
1: In B.C.? Yeah, in B.C., right. That would be British Columbia?
0: Correct. So that's on the uh, west coast of uh, North America, uh, Northwest. So, yeah, the Her- the Harrison Beach Hotel has been posting pictures of uh, the Sasquatch in and around. Uh, you can check their Instagram feed, um, which leads me to a larger question. Like, do you think that, uh, you know, we are the virus and all of these paranormal things, be it um, Sasquatch, be it other cryptids, be it fairies, be it, you know, um, magical f- creatures? You know, do you feel like there's a large uh, proliferation right now of them due to the fact that uh, a lot of us are staying in and not interfering with uh, the goings on in the world? Well,
1: they're able to come out without us taking their pictures.
0: That's true, too. But uh, you know how I feel about pictures. Well, they never work. <laughs> well, yeah, firstly. Uh, but, yeah, I do believe that this is a really interesting article in terms of, like, what you can do uh, with content. But uh, kind of, uh, yeah, like I was saying, at least a little of question of, like, what does it look like when uh, nature gets to do its own thing when we're not there, right? You've seen the takeover of all these different cities by, like, angry sheep and things like that. So, you know,
1: why not allow a cryptid to get in on that? Well, I have a skunk or a raccoon tearing up my my grass, so that's great. You sure it's not one of your kids? Pretty sure it's not one of my kids. Uh, do you think this is like exploitative of uh, poor Sasquatch?
0: That's a good question. Do you think uh, I? I don't know. The Sasquatch gets uh, a lot of attention, right? And, so perhaps like
1: it's a good thing. And do you do you feel like the people that wrote this article or the the the, the author of the article has a good sense of all things Sasquatch slash Bigfoot, or are they just kind of? Mm-hmm not really sure what they're writing about. Do you think this person's like a a Sasquatch hunter?
0: I don't think they're a Sasquatch hunter, but I do feel like perhaps they uh, understand the phenomenon um, and able to present the notion of Sasquatch. I thought it
1: was like well explained. Yeah, it was cute. It wasn't wasn't like, uh, you know, when you watch a news story and they're talking about UFOs, it's like, oh, little green men from Mars, and they have no real sense of what they are.
0: Yeah, I do agree that uh, I feel like there's a better handle of what this is.
1: Okay, good. Glad to hear that, Brian
0: yeah um and as always if you've seen anything uh, paranormal recently you know while um staying at home or you can tweet us at double underscore density or send us an email at double density podcast gmail.com.
1: you know the best place to go see something that's paranormal right where go hang out in the desert with dr greer
0: Yes. So the main topic that we want to discuss is, uh, on this episode is uh, a su- a post on the UFOs subreddit. So a couple of weeks ago, we covered um, uh, Dr. Greer's newest documentary, and I figured this would be a nice follow up to it. Um, and so the post is entitled My Experience on an Expedition with Dr. Greer.
1: It kind of confirmed a lot of the thoughts we had about Greer
0: yeah uh so i mean like there is a level of transparency here that's very interesting so the poster so once again like i'm not quite sure if he or she if they are you know either a paid shill or you know on behalf of the group organization you know uh or if this is actually like an unbiased um third-party opinion on um the expedition they went on right because they uh had gone in 2015 they paid three thousand bucks for the week plus room and board one of the more interesting aspects of the the post, right? It, it reads a bit a little confessional. Um, and so one thing that I think would win both Unite points is um, there's a paragraph that reads, I would say the fact that Dr. Greer is a narcissist is the main reason he is who he is and he's doing what he does. And if you really understand the narcissistic personality, you could see why this would be true. Now, he also says that he feels like he's a fairly benign narcissist.
1: Yes, and we've said that too. We, we've always felt that Greer, it's a lot about me 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 and look at me and look what i can do and i'm gonna f- go on full out disclosure even though he still hasn't done it and he's the type of person that loves to bring up the fact that he's a doctor and obviously it shows here the part that caught my attention was how he had everybody remote view his home and yes his about expensive all home. the expensive stuff he has in his home yeah uh also uh to note
0: uh apparently guru's wife was with them and uh kind of was like a a co-host in a lot of ways but wasn't necessarily joining them in the desert for their viewings
1: yeah apparently she seemed uh and i quote like an honest kind intelligent woman yeah who stayed in the background yes <laughs> stayed away from uh, uh, the bizarreness of her husband's friends
0: Something interesting to note, too, about this um, account is the idea of these unmarked vehicles sort of like being around the town they were staying in.
1: Do you think Greer would go so far as to hire people to do that? Angelo? Yeah? I absolutely thought that. Okay. Because it makes it... It it becomes more of an event, right? You're paying to go hang out in the desert with him, but it, it almost becomes like i want to compare it sort of like a murder mystery night yeah for sure i mean the thing is like as a host you have to put on a show and having bizarre stuff happen near you is part of the show and now can that be going so far as to having things fly around in the sky
0: I don't discount that at all. I think that like there is a reason you're brought to a specific place, not necessarily because of its natural energy or, or whatever, but perhaps because it is a, a place that you know that you can stage things to. Right. And I'm not saying a thousand percent that I've confirmed this because I've never been there. Right. So it's hard for me to say whether or not um, that is the case. But I strongly would suspect that uh, these groups of people are being brought there for a very specific reason. And a part of it is because they know that they can control the environment.
1: Yeah. Now, he said they were there, what, for six days before they saw something? Yes. And it is highly possible that Greer has somebody go four, five, six miles away, out in the middle of nowhere, flying a drone.
0: I've kind of thought about that a lot, given how um, the poster is describing the unnatural way in which some of these um, lights were moving.
1: Exactly. And you can have a drone do that. It's, <laughs> you'll hate this, but it basically comes down to a magic trick. Right, he yeah, has he yeah. he has somebody working in the background doing all the funny business, and he's out in the front saying, "Look at this! Look at that!" And it entertained the people that were there. They got to see what they came for because these things are not cheap. I don't remember the exact prices that people pay to go out in the desert with him, but it's not cheap. It's three thousand bucks. See, so it's an event, and you get to see something because I wonder: Are there any times when he has these things where there is absolutely nothing that happens within the six or seven days. I would love to hear from someone who's read an
0: account. I haven't done too much diving in there. Um, uh, a lot of the stuff I've read has been of a similar kind of ilk where like
1: sooner or later you'll see something in the sky and you can't really explain it. Yeah, and uh, the, marked car, the not unmarked car things, either he's pointing things out that are, well, they're just unmarked cars and he doesn't have to pay for them. It's basically they're there and he just points them out where otherwise they would go unnoticed. Or he's actually paying, he's renting a fleet of like black SUVs to just drive around the towns he goes to. So in the comments section,
0: um, someone had uh, explained that uh, nearby 21 Palms is a training resort for the Marine
1: Corps. Okay. And like perhaps that was what it was. It's possible too. I I always laugh uh, like when we see Canadian military cars because they, they look like what they have are fake license plates, if you know what I mean. I actually saw a couple yesterday because uh, we are near an old folks' home where the army's helping in. So, and it's basically it doesn't have the province's name. It's basically a, a license plate that says Canada with a few letters and numbers. Yeah, it exactly. looks super yeah, it's, fake, but obviously, yeah, it's not. it does. No.
0: Uh, something else, I guess like the most salacious part of this is that the, uh, poster just randomly drops in the fact that he was sitting next to Greer, looked over and saw that uh, Greer had a grinder installed on his phone, which I thought was a very interesting kind of element to introduce. This doesn't really add anything to the story and I'm not quite sure why it's there other than to get
1: people talking, I assume. He mentions how he notices that Greer is in fantastic shape. We've always commented on how uh, buff he is. And, uh, he said that he, he saw there's a grinder app icon on his home screen And I uh, He ends the paragraph By saying I would assume He and his wife Are pretty open In their marriage Too Good for them
0: I feel like This is like a You know uh, Is this proof that uh he actually was there and then he's waiting for this poster is waiting for someone to corroborate the fact that like yeah that's true you know i don't know it was kind of a weird uh, detail to throw in it but I, i once again like i do think it just uh is an element of sensationalism added to you know get more views or
1: whatever yeah and i mean who cares if whether he's gay or not or his wife and he have an open marriage uh same thing good for them who cares yeah I, I, it's neither here nor there. Uh,
0: and once again, he the poster kind of goes into a description of the idea of collective consciousness and how working together brings the ETs about, right?
1: Yeah, and something to note about when the ETs showed up, he mentions how they got together in the afternoon and it wasn't normal. And that's when the weird stuff started happening.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, it really is like you were saying, like dinner theater almost.
1: Yeah, dinner theater or uh, murder mystery night either or I, I
0: yeah there's a lot here that I, it's very performative i find so i found this write-up very interesting because it sort of um points to a lot of the stuff that you and i have talked about when we've talked about the the dr grue experience right of the idea of like paying thousands of dollars to go into the uh desert and sort of uh being talked to I, when i was reading this it was funny because i've had friends who uh, when they were kids go, go to bible camp and it kind of sounds like this
1: for ufos though yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. The idea of having to sit around, and listen to someone pontificate for a while, and then hoping that something happens. And then suddenly on the last night, you see something. And, and he basically, at
1: the end, says he wrote this to answer people like us that talk about why aren't there better quality videos. And he says, because it's nighttime, and not everybody has their cameras scanning the sky. But still, why, then, why do they never come out in the day? Because we would, we would see it's one of his friends flying a drone. Yeah, it'd be more easily a,
0: a seen. I, I do feel like the breakdown was interesting at the end of the day. I There are certain red flags that we've discussed here that I do, uh, you know, uh, agree with, I guess would be the best way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, So it was interesting to sort of see some of the good. Uh, I would love to hear some of the bad, though. And I'm sure there's plenty of bad. And, and I mean, like, if this is what this person needs in order for their spiritual life to sort of, like, uh, morph into whatever comes next, then, like, hey, good on you, I guess. If this is... The experience that you need in order to become uh, more uh,
1: fulfilled. Look, if you can spend that kind of money, afford to do it, and enjoy it, why not? It just, you know, it bugs me that Greer is getting rich off of this stuff because it sounds like he's rich. Yes, uh, his expensive North Carolina home. Yes, with all the luxury items any former ER doctor could want.
0: So what is your threshold for paying for something like this? If, uh, you know, you were sort of like a guaranteed
1: to see something, let's say. Okay. So first of all, it's basically camping. So you'd have to pay me.
0: Fair enough. I'm not a huge fan of camping either. So like I, I will
1: agree. Um, so uh, you'd have to win a contest. Yeah, basically. Because I, I'm not a fan of going on vacation unless it's somewhere easy like Disney world. And even then, even then. Right now, Disney World seems uh, quite unappealing. Just uh, you know, it's uh,
0: it's every kid's dream to be locked in the amusement park after it closes, right? So,
1: do you think people are locked in there now? No, no, I'm just saying, like <laughs> you know, it's it's a fun thing to dream about. Yes. Oh yeah, it'd be amazing to just roam around there without uh, annoying other people. Oh, that's everyone's
0: dream, and you don't have to pay for the super duper hall pass that gets you to the front of the line that costs you way too much.
1: Th- that's actually there's. I don't think there's actually a thing that anybody could just get. You, you no, know, not like other amusement parks where you can pay to sort of skip the line? No, you get three of those a day. Oh, Everybody okay. gets three. And if you stay on property, you get to actually book your times uh, 60 days in advance.
0: Okay, so you kind of have to
1: pick and choose. Yeah, whereas with Universal, if you pay extra and it's quite a bit extra, you have a pass the whole day no matter what.
0: Right. Uh, Coming back to the uh, uh, post, the Reddit post at hand, though, I forgot. And this is something we discussed before recording. Um, The uh, poster says, now I've made up a lot of things about that event, but what I've related to you so far are the facts. And um, so some people in the comment section were like, what do
1: you mean? Yes, because when I read it, first thing I asked you was, what does he mean by this? And you uh, you explained it well to me. Yeah. So someone said, what I mean by that is that uh, uh,
0: the facts as what happened, the people, what we did, and the things we saw what I made up and what I meant when I made up is I made up the interpretation of those events. I definitely saw craft, but whether that was an ET craft or a man-made craft, I can't prove. So it's not necessarily making things up, but it's more so just, uh, what would be the best word to to sort of like uh, explain this situation? Uh, You know, uh, uh, fantasize? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: a good way of thinking, his own little magical thinking of it too.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, if you're out there looking for ETs, then, you know, you're going to say it's an E.T., right? Versus, you know, if you're going to a hot air balloon festival, you're going to see hot air
1: balloons. Or a festival of lights. You might see lights in the sky. But you might think they're UFOs. Oh, like uh, when you go to a music festival? Yeah. Gosh, what a time to be alive, Angelo. Now you can't go to music festivals. Uh, Look, if we were there, or if I was there, I don't know about you because you're all in, I would probably say, no, that's just like a drone or something.
0: Yeah, I would definitely err on the side of this being sort of like a, a fixed sort of cyclical event that happens that is predetermined. Exactly. I uh, The only thing I find really interesting, too, is that Greer is pivoting towards a, a more and more like new agey kind of stuff, too. So I feel like there's like uh, a whole new avenue of revenue to open up, right? Because uh, the article describes how they um, gave thanks to the land, right, before starting anything. He's probably going to move from North Carolina to Sedona. I can see that happening, yeah. So, Greer is a, partic- a practitioner of Hindu forms of meditation religion, and so I could definitely see him sort of embracing a lot of that and uh, monetizing it a little mm-hmm. bit more.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Like, he could start a meditation app, you know, pure and simple, anything think people would, would buy into that. I'd be shocked if he actually doesn't have one already. Well, he has the CE5 app, right? Okay. So, I mean, at least there's
1: that, the functional app. Yes. I have not downloaded it, though. No, you don't want to pay the thirteen fourteen $13, 14 No. <laughs> Does he not know Maybe how the your, app economy may, works? He needs to put in app purchases.
0: I guess what I will do is I will buy you an Apple gift certificate. So I could, but you have it. to promise to use it on this. I
1: will not use it on that.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, we're going to link to uh, the the post in the the short comments. We'd love it if people read it through, um, and then. Uh, That is a pun, by the way. I read it through. And uh, if you have any thoughts uh, over on Twitter, double underscore uh, density, let us know what you think about this. I think it's a really interesting experience. once again, I'm not sure if it's a disinfo campaign or if this was a planted um, piece of information by someone in Greer's camp to sort of um, soften the the image of a lot of people asking questions about, you know, what happens during one of these week long retreats.
1: I'm surprised actually was allowed to write this and it hasn't been taken down by Greer's people.
0: Yeah, I wonder how litigious they are, right? Because I think we talked about that in the tech section about <laughs> Disney and Nintendo. But how litigious are they? It could be uh, like Michael they, Horn level. Yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, which we should probably
1: talk about one day and then you know get into it. The litigiousness of uh, people in UFO groups.
0: Yes, uh, you know, uh, what does the legal side of the SETI Institute look like? Ooh. Oh, sorry, C SETI. Yes, SETI something else. Yes. Uh, yeah. The, uh, once again, like it, it's so. Why did you pick a name like that?
1: He just wants to uh, go on the uh, coattails of the legitimate science one. Oh, of course. Of course. Angelo, uh, closing things off for episode 139, I'm kind
0: of curious are you listening to anything? Are you reading anything? Are you playing anything that you'd like to um, suggest
1: to our listeners? I'm watching Star Trek Discovery um, now that I have the Crave app. Pretty good. How far in are you? I am seven episodes into the first season. Okay. I also, yesterday, got a couple of Lego games for the kids on the uh, Switch because uh, they were on sale. Got uh, Jurassic Park. No, sorry. I got Jurassic World and the Lego Harry Potter
0: series. Oh, perfect. That sounds like a fun time. Will you be sitting down
1: and playing with your kids? I already have. Oh, and will. Great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, they like uh, Lego games are great because, uh, I mean, they're not the most in-depth video games there are, but they're usually well-made and they're fun and not too difficult. No. Similarly,
0: I well, uh, not too difficult unless you're trying to 100% them. Like, I am currently with the uh, Star Wars Complete Saga on PS3.
1: Good for you, Brian.
0: I know. My wife and I are sitting down and she helps me out with the, <laughs> uh, the difficult, tough um, portions of it. So I'm eternally grateful for her to be my eagle eye. And does she pick up a controller? No, no, no. She, she prefers having me pick it up and she'll guide me.
1: All right. Well, uh, they're there to help your wives. Or your wives. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> your wife is there to help you with these types of things. That's, exactly. That was one of the vows, right? Yeah. To uh, have and to hold, for better or for worse,
0: uh, for Nintendo and Sega and Sony. Great. And with that, Angela, I'm going to close things off for episode 139 of the Double Density Podcast. A quick plug, I guess, because what I am uh, reading these days are a boatload of rock biographies. So if you have any that you'd like to suggest, by all means, you can find me on Twitter personally, Brian with an I, hasty H-E-S-T-I-E. It's not Brian with a Y? No, sadly. I interrupted you. I'm such a jerk.
1: I over Y every single day of the (laughs) life. Sorry for interrupting you, Brian. It's okay. It's okay. Now you have to finish the episode. Uh, And with that, uh, join us next week. As we look at stuff about stuff. Perfect, Angela. See you then. See you then. Co-finance the film. It's fucking hey, Why did my screen go out? Fucking hey, That sucks.